Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. If you voted to leave the European Union, but you're not exactly sure if you're going to be out by the end of the year, if conservative Boris Johnson, who pushed for that exit, is not going to stand to be your next prime minister, and you perhaps have less idea than ever who that will be, if the Bank of England says it's going to possibly cut rates, but you don't know that for sure either, how do you negotiate the rest of the transatlantic trade and investment partnership Uh between the United States and the EU. What does the Brexit mean, vote mean for this very important trade agreement? We're going to be taking up that question on Bloomberg Radio. Now we're going to Catherine Cowdery. She's in the newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. And Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed New York City realty investments. See them at nria.net. Well, the global rally continues as policymakers signal further steps to buffer the impact of Britain's decision to leave the European Union. Equities were boosted after word today that the European Central Bank is considering loosening the, loosening the rules for its bond purchases to ensure enough debt is available to buy in the aftermath of the Brexit vote. Jess Daly, chief executive at Barclays, on the impact of Brexit. I think the crisis we're facing right now is a political crisis. Um, it clearly will have economic consequences. Um, but right now we have a political crisis that may lead to economic challenges facing a banking industry that actually is in very strong shape, particularly uh, in the U.K. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg Radio. Dow Industrial Average up 212 points, 1.2 percent, trading at 17,907. S&P 500 up 25 points, 1.2 percent, trading at 2,095. NASDAQ higher by 56 points, 1.2 percent, trading at 48.35. West Texas Intermediate crude oil down $1.38 a barrel, 2.8 percent to 48.50. Spot gold down $2.80 a ounce to 13.2410. Ten-year Treasury up 10.37. Seconds with a yield of 1.48%. Among today's top business stories, Hershey has snubbed a preliminary takeover offer for Mondelez International for $107 a share in cash and stock. And now let's get an update of some of the other stories we're following today on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Effective immediately, transgender Americans will be able to openly serve in the U.S. Armed Forces. Defense Secretary Ash Carter says service members may not be involuntarily separated, discharged, or denied based on gender identity. Carter says service members should be judged on their abilities and not their gender. What I heard from the transgender service members I met with overwhelmingly was that they don't want special treatment. They want to be held to the same standards and be treated like everybody else. The full policy must be implemented by July 2017. Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson said today the U.S. is on target to meet the goal of admitting 10,000 refugees from Syria this year. Approximately 5,000 have been approved for resettlement and just have not been physically resettled yet in the United States. And another five or 6,000 have been conditionally approved subject to those security checks. So I believe we will make the 10,000. 
The Obama administration decided last year to sharply increase the number of Syrian refugees taken into the United States. New York City's original Apple repair store is closing. TechServe has succumbed to competition and rising rents after almost 30 years of servicing computers and providing technical support to local residents. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get a quick update of the benchmarks. Dow Industrial Average up 215 points at 17,909. S&P 500 up 25 points at 2,096. NASDAQ higher by 56, trading at 48.35. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Brexit. The U.K.'s vote to leave the European Union. What doesn't it cast a shadow over? Now we're going to be taking a look at a trade agreement that is going to be taken up again in Brussels, the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, which is... Uh, certainly instigated some controversy on both sides of the Atlantic. This deal is still being hammered out. What does it mean if the U.K. is leaving the EU? How will that complicate those negotiations? Joining us now is Eric Schimp, policy advisor uh, for the International Trade and Regulatory Group at Alston Bird, Alston and Bird, I should say, in Washington, D.C., home of Bloomberg 99.1. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kathleen. It's great to be with you today. So first of all, uh, okay, EU is still going to be intact except for the UK. US, we're not changing. How and why does Brexit complicate this, this negotiation over the TTIP? Well, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg scenario with the UK's pending departure uh, from the European Union, uh, that the, the U.S. won't necessarily be able to accommodate a separate deal for, for Britain until it's affected its, uh, its departure from the EU. In the meantime, uh, even this week, uh, EU leaders have driven home the point that they want to complete this trade deal between the EU and the United States as soon as possible. Their their trade commissioner was recently in town, um, Commissioner Malmstrom. She said, uh, "We want we know it's ambitious. We want to finish by the end of the year. Uh, some of that is is certainly going to be driven politically by a desire within some European Union capitals to make uh, the UK." understand and realize exactly how painful departure could be. Well, in, in, but for the negotiations, is it not just as simple as this? Okay, we'll do the TTIP with the EU minus the UK, and then we'll have, we could, we negotiate a deal with the UK. And after all, our exports to the UK are what, less than 5%, 4.5%, something like that of our total exports. Right. They're, they're a fraction. I think uh, a, a lot of it, though, has to do with, you, you know, you, it's hard to have a trade negotiation without the politics involved. Um, and a lot of the, the, the sh- even being able to negotiate with the U.K. Um, depends on the deal that the U.K. strikes itself with the EU. Um, will it be part of the single market, in which case it would have to apply the European Union's common external tariff for trade with the U.S.? Uh, you know, will it take a Swiss model where it where it cobbles together 
uh, dozens, if not over a hundred, bilateral sectoral agreements or a customs union like Turkey. Uh, there are a lot of questions involved. I think clearly you could you could negotiate TTIP, and then pending uh, the UK's departure, which could take two years or more, uh, then you figure out the road forward for does the UK uh, have sort of a new accession mechanism to TTIP, or does the terms of its departure essentially rule out? Rule out that uh, any anything like that happening, Eric? Is that what you're starting to say? I believe we may have just temporarily lost our connection to Eric Shimp uh, from Alston and Bird in Washington. We're talking to him about how the Brexit vote, the UK getting ready to leave the European Union, although it still has to negotiate that with the EU, how that will complicate things. Well, you know, Eric, I, I guess one way we can say this is certainly complicating, maybe not for the whole country, but for individual businesses who might be located in the UK to trade with the EU, uh, they're maybe suddenly out of luck. I mean, can and they, the, the, the U.K. is going to have to negotiate its own deal now with the EU on trade? That's, that's correct. The EU has a number of, of very difficult decisions ahead of it in terms of the shape of its relationship with the EU. Uh, the EU is not necessarily going to make that that easy. You know, continuing to be a member of the single market is going to carry a, a price for the U.K., if you're a if you're an American investor and you put a manufacturing plant in the UK because you wanted to access the EU market, you're looking at losing the very reason you made that investment. Um, and and so there are certainly need to be plans afoot in terms of your physical plant, your human resources, your ongoing investment, your supply chain, and and those are all unknowns until you understand what it is that the U.K. is going to be doing vis-a-vis its former partners in Europe. So uh, let's say you they said, come on, come on, Eric Shim, sit down, help us nego- n- negotiate this. Let's say you're uh, in the U.K., and uh, what would you be up against? What would you be trying to convince the EU to bend on? What, is, what does the U.K. want in terms of trade with the EU, and what, are they likely to get it? Uh, you know, that's a great question, and I don't think there's a single member of the U.K. government that can tell you definitively what their plan is. Uh, they, some of them seem to want to have uh, maintain membership in the single market the way they've, they've been doing, but without paying for it. Uh, EU leaders have already said, no, 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 you're already – you're going to have to continue to make a financial contribution if you want it because Norway and Iceland and Liechtenstein do on the terms of their their membership in the single market. Plus, you have to accept the free movement of goods, services, capital, and most troubling for the U.K., labor, people. Um, so politically, the, the, the U.K. really hasn't wrapped its head around what this challenge looks like. Eric Shim, thank you so much for joining us. A lot of questions, not a lot of answers yet, but certainly we have a better understanding and the complexity of what this Brexit will mean as the U.K. divorces itself from the European Union. Can it, what kind of relations can it maintain on trade? This is Taking Stock, and this is Bloomberg. We're going to be looking next at China. China has made some uh, signs that it might be weakening its, its currency. At least traders have been talking about that. What does that mean for the markets? That's coming up, and this is Bloomberg.